it took till she was three months old when I turned to my husband and said, you know what, I think I love her. And hearing that come out of my mouth shocked me a bit because I couldn't believe it took three months to love her. All of this is normal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Motherhood Made Magic podcast. Today I'm speaking with Claire Ward. So Claire is the mother of two young girls, an infant massage instructor and founder of the Nurture Centre. She is passionate about connecting mothers with evidence-based family-centred support services to create empowered and thriving motherhood experiences. As a baby massage instructor, Claire creates tailored programs for mothers and babies to build stronger parent-child bonds through hands-on skill development and education. Welcome, Claire. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's so good to have you here. So I'd love for you maybe to start back at the start, how you came to enter motherhood. What was that early experience like for you? My um, eldest daughter, Audrey, she was born in 2015. So everything kind of started around then. I had the word textbook kept getting thrown around, like it was a textbook pregnancy and it was a textbook birth. And there were all these things that everyone was kind of telling me was, I guess, average or perfect. Like it was all how it should be, but it never really felt that way to me. Yet that was the messaging I was getting. So I think it kind of started with that. When I look back, hindsight is great. When I look back, it kind of started with all of that messaging and then once she was born she was a suey baby she just every feed in between every feed she could projectile from the bassinet and hit the wall and it would run down the wall and I remember very clearly being in big w with her lying in the pram and it ending up all over the floor so for a baby to spew <laughs> and hit the floor like that's pretty decent that's talent um, yeah, I know. It was clever, but it was it was a lot. I had to pack spare outfits for myself. The amount of times I have bathed her in like the sink at the shops, <laughs> it's happened too many times to count. Like it was, and being my first baby kind of just went along with it of everyone still telling you it's textbook, it's normal, she's growing, you're doing all the things you're meant to be doing. I just went with it until I definitely knew like had that feeling that there wasn't something that wasn't right. She wasn't feeding real well. Like she was, her weight had plateaued. She wasn't feeding great. She was on and off and would scream in a way that was just, you know, as a mum, you just know that's not a normal cry. That's a pain mm. cry. And someone that little being in so much pain, that was really hard. And then the, challenge with all of that was getting anyone to really take me seriously it was very common to hear are oh, you just a first-time mom or like you're young and you know there's a lot to learn mm, but, it's so dismissive isn't it because mm, you know you like you don't know what's wrong but you can feel that something is wrong absolutely and in my case, that got flipped back onto me a lot. So I'm going to the GP, I'm going to the nurses, I'm seeing everyone I can to say, I think there's something not quite right with my baby. Here's the symptoms. And they're saying to me, are you eating? And I'm saying, well, no, I've got 
she needs to be upright all the time. So I kind of just grab a few bickies or grab a sandwich, whatever I can make one handed. And they go, and are you, are you sleeping? I'm like, well, no, she's like snack feeding. It seems to be the only way she was comfortable was to have a little 40 second feed and then wait 20 minutes and have another 40 second feed and wait 20 minutes. So I wasn't sleeping much, but I think that was kind of a red flag for everybody in terms of postpartum depression. And so a lot of the times it kept getting flipped back on me of let's treat you, which I have to say, I've talked to so many mums and their experience has been the opposite where they have gone seeking help for their mental health and been dismissed. So um, it, it goes both ways. It's just that in my case, I wasn't quite there yet and I was trying to ask for help and was not being listened to in the way that I really needed to be listened to. Um, and so through this process, I guess you, when you've got a baby that's unwell like that, you kind of try everything. You try everything that everyone tells you to try. And one of the best things was what my mum has been one of my biggest inspirations in motherhood because she just did everything backwards to what everyone did when we were growing up. And there was something so natural and lovely about the way that she mothered us as infants in that she was hands-on and she did baby massage and she um, was making sure the products that she used with us were natural or organic or close to or homemade like all those sorts of things so that was pretty unusual then and I feel like a lot of it probably still is now but she was the one who kind of encouraged me to look into baby massage to help with obviously something in her gastrointestinal system wasn't working right and we needed to help her have relief from the pain in some way. And so I started playing with just researching and looking into baby massage then. Took about six or so months until I got taken seriously once her weight was plateauing and, and there were some other signs like that that were a bit too obvious for them to ignore. And by the time we got to specialists and we trialed different medications, she was, we were told she had gastroesophageal reflux disorder, so GORD. By the time, yeah, we trialed some different medications and found stuff that worked, she was also upright more, she was eating solids, and so she kind of started to outgrow it at the same time. So the whole process took about 18 months for us to get her healthy and happy little baby. Mm, welcome to motherhood. Oh. I know, <laughs> yeah. Everything that happened in between, I feel like, is what led me definitely to where I am now. So she was 11 months old where I thought, screw it. I'm not just going to learn how to do baby massage. I want to know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. So I'm going to do the training to be an instructor. It kind of carried really nicely from my occupational therapy skills, being that that's a lot of sensory work and the baby massage is really grounded in that sort of sensory processing and sensory interaction with your baby. Um, so I did my training in that. And then I started teaching some classes privately from my home. And the same conversations were coming up with mums over and over again about just the gaps that exist in this period that like, I kind of think of this postpartum being like two years but pregnancy and postpartum and this early parenting stage, there are just so many gaps. We get sent out 
of our six week checkup, like you're meant to be able to go out into the world and beyond your GP or the pharmacist, there's not really many options that the general population know about that exist in that postpartum field. Yeah. Turns out there's a lot. <laughs> and that's why I started the Nurture Centre, just to gather all those people together and make it really easy for mums to find support. Because there are so many of us, just like what you do. There are so many. It's a case of that these things haven't necessarily grown out of the medical system and anything that hasn't branched from medical is in a different box over there that doesn't get Medicare attention and yeah. it doesn't get the governmental support and, and whatever else. But we, we do exist. We are there. We are there. And it's wonderful to have somebody like you who is so passionate about tying them oh, together. And I'm really interested how you said about that that postpartum period lasts for two years. I'm not sure if you came across this in some of your studies, mm. but there's this reorganisation of the brain that happens when you're pregnant where your brain starts essentially like decluttering it loses yeah. some of the brain mass and neurons around certain areas especially some of them that are related to touchy-feely learning and reading body language and all that kind of non-verbal communication stuff so it really streamlines and then starts to flourish in the postpartum period and that process according to MRI scans isn't quite complete by two years it's still working mm. and evolving at that time but it's that really key point where um, a learning modality like baby massage to really help hone your skills and your connection to the baby can be so so beautiful so I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about how baby massage benefited your baby sure. like what is it that we could gain in our experience from massaging someone else rather than going to get massages ourselves well there is a lot of literature around baby massage like a surprising amount for something that is i don't know not really recognized in our culture it's such a traditional practice in so many places in the world it is also something that when we look at animals like a lot of mammals it that physical touch that massage is used immediately after birth like think about a cow when a cow gives birth and then they lick the baby so they're massaging the baby they're trying to stimulate all of their systems to get working one of the reasons i'm really passionate about the infant massage not just for all the medical benefits all of the physical benefits of it like the reduced stress the improved sleep um, improved weight gain there's a lot of studies on premature babies showing that um, the mix of reducing the stress hormones um, in your body improves their sleep and then improves their weight gain the one that i'm most passionate about is looking at that parent infant bonding because i feel like we do tend to go to what is the medical, like what is the easy to measure and what is the easy to research. And we don't really jump into the kind of harder, the things that are a bit harder to measure. And bonding is one of those things that is very hard to measure because it's different for everybody. But I think just through experience and what I've seen with lots of mums is it can make all the difference between having a thriving motherhood and a thriving baby and really kind of struggling through those first few years. And I 
guess this goes back to my story a bit too. So with Audrey being just this little spewy baby and I had a long labor with her, it was a few days. And, and so I was exhausted by the time she, like my first words as a mum were, it's nice to meet you little person. <laughs> like it wasn't, I'm so in love with you or anything. It was, I am exhausted and you're a brand new person and I'm going to get to know you. Um, and I really struggled with that feeling of, I didn't have that automatic bond with my baby. I didn't have that at birth. I didn't, for the first few months, I was so overwhelmed with what this motherhood thing was and having a baby that wasn't doing the things it was meant to be doing. And it took till she was three months old when I turned to my husband and said, you know what, I think I love her. And hearing that come out of my mouth just shocked me a bit because I couldn't believe it took three months to love her. All of this is just so normal, I guess, no matter what your experience is, it's all normal. And I know that's a lot of what your book is about too. The bonding part of motherhood is told to us that it is natural and happens automatically. But when we look at anything that we're told is natural and happens automatically, like breastfeeding is another good example. These things take really hard work to actually get them to a place where it is a good, mutually beneficial relationship between us and our baby. There is a fair bit of research, particularly um, around postpartum depression and the way that infant massage can assist with the parent-infant bond. But I really challenge a lot of this literature out there because so when it's saying that baby massage is beneficial for anyone who's had a trauma, a traumatic birth, or been in the NICU, or experiences of um, perinatal mood disorder, I feel like almost all of us fall into those categories these days. Like, I don't think there's anyone who hasn't had a part of their experience that's impacted their ability to bond with their baby that they wouldn't benefit from being able to learn about what infant massage is. Does that make sense? Mm, and there's so much that you've just said in those few minutes where I almost leapt in and was like, yeah, I agree. But I just wanted to hear you keep talking because it does speak so much to so many of our experiences. And I agree with you challenging where that literature is based from because not only is it a case that in one way or another, almost all of us will tick some of those boxes of risk, I suppose you could call it, but also that we're looking at the literature as in like, the baseline yeah. is that we don't touch our babies. So it's a benefit to go and do this, but really it's the opposite way around. I remember when I was doing my exercise physiology study and reading paper after paper where they're looking at the sedentary group or the just go keep going along with your own life is the control group. And the people who are mm. exercising are the intervention group. And it's like, well, actually it's normal for us to be moving. So the sedentary group should be the intervention group. And actually it's normal for us to be touching our babies. So the people who don't are essentially the intervention group. But yeah, historically there is a point through the 18 and 19, particularly through the 1900s, middle of the 20th century kind of time where yeah. Western women were told not to touch their babies. Like there were schools in England where you are only allowed to 
be in physical contact oh, so with sad. your baby for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Like we had this link broken and, you know, colonization and all that stuff. I could go and get on my high horse on all of this stuff. But being mm. in contact with our babies is, is the norm, even if it feels like it might feel scary at the start to go from having them sort of swaddled, swaddled and separate to you to yeah. being in contact with them. Can you speak to that experience a bit? Because I think I know that one of the groups that you work quite a lot with is with yeah. people who have had babies in the NICU where there is that physical separation. Yeah. Well, even to just bring it to an idea that most people would relate to, I think a lot of us when we're pregnant, we have this idea of what our postpartum life is going to look like is like a baby in a pram, the coffee in one hand and going for a walk and chatting with a friend. And so from the very start, we kind of have these ideas or this messaging. We see these photos everywhere that that is what it looks like to care for your baby. And so then it feels, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've rocked a baby in a pram, like pushed them in the pram while they're screaming, trying to get them to sleep, thinking I was doing the right thing when they probably just wanted to be held. And I wasn't giving myself permission to do that because I was trying to do what looked like what everyone else was doing. Being able to hold them and touch them is scary or we don't really know what we're doing. I think that's where the infant massage comes in as this really amazing tool to learn because it just gives people confidence in how they're interacting with their baby. With my background in OT, I approach it from a real sensory point of view which I think is where it comes in handy working with people coming out of the NICU because these babies have had when we're talking about the sorts of touch they've had it hasn't been nurturing touch it's been really medicalized touch it's the feelings of tubes and all sorts of things and not the person that's caring for them's nurturing touch yeah and not saying that anyone's been overly rough with them no just saying the things that have been in contact yes. with their bodies yeah. haven't been warm hands warm mm -hmm. chest all of the time i also like to use the analogy of you know how they talk about when you speak to your plants like they grow better <laughs> And when you put love into growing a plant, that there's actual documented evidence of the difference that has. And so imagine what it means when we put love and care and nurturing into the interactions that we have with our babies, the impact that that's having on their development and on their like emotional regulation and all of that sort of stuff as well. And I think really getting in tune with their bodies and what those yeah. bodies feel like to us and feel like to them and what they can do and whatever. Sure. I remember I read a few studies where there is this ongoing perception through, um, through childhood from parents whose children have been in the NICU that they are more fragile and less fit or more vulnerable in, in things like contact sports or they're not as fast runners and things like that compared to their peers or other children the same size and age as them. Mm -hmm. And it's not, that's not necessarily true, but this perception can carry over unless there is, I suppose, a circuit breaker. Yeah. And I see baby massage as really a circuit breaker for a whole lot of these things. You've talked about mental health. We've talked about bonding. Yeah. Um, you've talked about gastrointestinal issues. Where do we even start with this? Well, there are plenty of different ways to do it. I, the way that I teach my classes 
like I said, I'm kind of pulling from my occupational therapy background and taking a real sensory approach to it because the way I'm looking at it is you are two separate people and you have your own likes and dislikes and it's about kind of building and learning what your, in a way, sensory profiles are for each of you and then which of crossover in terms of your likes and then how we can build and add more of that to your daily routine so that you're having more opportunities for that bonding, more opportunities for that um, touch just within your normal day. Like you were talking about exercise before, that's such a good example of the best way is to just build movement into your day, like that incidental exercise. We should be doing the same thing with our babies and, and putting that intention into bonding with them and interacting with them really intentionally in a way that is intentional for us doing it now because we are perhaps a generation that has access to this information and can apply mm -hmm. it, but in a way that then for the next generation, it's just what's done. They're not even thinking about Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be so good. I, like, I feel we're in such this transition time. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, that these kind of traditional ideas are coming back into play of we've obviously missed something in the last little while and what has it been? And we're starting to look back at what worked and what actually happened really well with like our grandparents and our great grandparents and the way that they parented without the resources we have. I'm speaking to what you were saying. I, so I massaged my eldest when she was little and it became this really positive tool that she knew where the cream was whenever she needed a massage or had a sore tummy or anything, she would go get that. And that was her sign to me that like she would like to have a massage. We talk a lot about um, consent. Oh, this is off on a tangent, but I'll talk about this for a second. We talk a lot about consent in the massage and I taught parents through cue-based communication in infants. So how to read their signs, their reflexes, their cues, to really know whether they are ready to engage with you or whether they need a minute, need some space, whether they're stressing, because the last thing we want to do is have periods of increasing that stress hormone, the cortisol in their body. We want to be creating, um, really creating those neural pathways that are helping them figure out this is good or this is good touch, this is comforting and this is how I can regulate my emotional state, all those sorts of things. So we do talk a lot about consent. So I, and that sounds really strange when you're talking about asking like a six week old for consent to touch them. But when you think about, imagine if someone started just taking your clothes off because they needed to change you or started putting your seatbelt on for you without any sort of warning or communication about what was about to happen just how stressful that would be and we do that like multiple times a day with babies and we don't even think about it so we talk about consent in the way of improving our communication with these tiny little people who actually can communicate with us it's just non-verbal bringing it back to my story i've kind of built in then these ways that my kids when maybe they're feeling stressed maybe they don't know what name to put on how they're feeling or they have a sore tummy or something, they have ways of getting the cream or after bath time, just laying their towel out, whatever it is that's telling me, and they use their words now that they're old enough that they would like a massage from mum. And the nice 
thing about having done that with my eldest is that since my youngest was born, I watched her from the start be so empowered with having this tool of being able to bond and communicate with her baby sister. Like from the very start, she would be like, oh, can I have a turn? Can I massage her? And even now that they're now five and two, they will take turns massaging each other when they're asked for a massage. And maybe I don't even get a look in that, that evening but because they, they'll start by asking me, but then they'll be like, oh, it's my turn. I want to massage you. And then as they're getting older too, they're even wanting to like, you know, massage my hand or something or my feet and have that way of, showing that nurture and care and love back to me so like you were saying wouldn't it be awesome to think that we are setting up this next generation to just think that this is the way things are done like this is normal and giving them these things that we're learning as (laughs) grown-ups that they're just picking up so easily and naturally as kids Mm, so nice so nice I I have some really strong memories of me massaging my mum. I think at the time, I think I was too ticklish to have any massages done for me. But yeah, mm. it, it is definitely a really nice thing to be able to nurture in return, even when you are when you are mm. a child. The way that I come at it from this sensory idea. So we would look at what are the times in your day, the things that are important to you that you both respond really well to and you feel like that that's how you bond. So it might be, well, we enjoy going for a swim together. We like bath time. And these themes sort of start to emerge of what your, I call it like a sensory love language. Like maybe it is physical touch or maybe it's been able to sing together and like an auditory experience. And maybe it is eye contact or um, pulling out what the theme is and then being able to help parents find more ways to include that in their day to then build on their bond. And the way baby massage comes into it is it is what they call a multi-sensory activity. So we are using our physical touch. We are using eye contact. We are using our voice because we are singing songs. We are just communicating with them. We're using a lot of our senses all in this one activity. Um, some examples of what we teach in the classes I kind of have a few different options for classes for wherever parents are at so I've got an option for parents who are pregnant and we practice on a doll so that we have a few of those skills ready for those first few weeks when baby comes Um, I also because of my experience in um, that colic reflux area I have a special class around that so that we can really focus on that kind of presents a different set of challenges in terms of bonding with your baby and also physically interacting with them. And then there's um, the five week course. So that's kind of like the full thing where we look at massage for the legs and feet. We do the tummy, the chest, arms, back and face. And then we do like kind of baby yoga, gentle movement exercise in the final week. So each week we go over um, different, how to massage the different areas of the body, why we're doing it and making sure that people have a safe and effective technique so that they feel confident being able to interact with their baby in this way and that they know what they're doing and, um, and feel that 
yeah, that confidence is everything really. Giving them permission to be able to interact with their baby this way is just a huge thing throughout, huge theme in all of motherhood is just having permission to do stuff that feels like what naturally you'd want to do, but you're not sure that you're allowed to or that you should. Yeah, you said motherhood just then, but I know that it's not just mothers as well. So you do have some options for other carers and um, non-birth parents and dads as well don't you can you talk us through what you might do with in that setting sure so COVID was actually a really nice time to be able to include some dads in um, online classes we were doing them by zoom and I actually found it a really good opportunity to flip the script on how we approach this whole parenting thing. So often as mums, we are the information gatherers. We then translate that information into what it means for our lives. And then we educate our partners on it. They don't often get the chance to be that in return for us because we are kind of the expert on our baby. And so especially while they're so little, we see these dads who just really aren't confident in taking care of their baby because, oh, they need mum, they're breastfeeding or they're they're just clingy today, whatever it is they kind of feel a little bit left out maybe till we often talk about once the baby is a big enough to have a little wrestle or a play or need more of that rough play interaction. So thinking about while they're really little in the last year, I've done some work with some dads where we've been able to, the mum is part of the class for the first um, like 20 minutes while we do a bit of education or an activity. And then we say, all right, off you go. What do you need to do? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go have a shower? Like just, You've got 20 minutes to yourself now and um, kick them out and teach the dad the massage class so that he then throughout the week can teach his partner um, what he has learnt and what it means for their baby. And he, like, yeah, we flip that, that role reversal and just the feedback I've gotten on that within a few weeks is like oh my goodness he was like I'm ducking out to Bunnings and I'll, I'll take the baby with me and they've never done that before he's never been confident enough to go out solo with the little baby or anything and and just seeing yeah what it can do for your relationship as well is pretty cool being able to have both parents involved in a class like this So good, Claire. Thank you for the work that you do. So I know that you have your base at Cardiff in Newcastle at the Nurture Centre. How can we Mm -hmm. find you there and online as well? Sure. The best ways to find me would be um, my Baby Massage Instagram page, which is Baby Massage Oz, A-U-S, and the Nurture Centre, which is at the Nurture Centre on Instagram and Facebook. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today and for doing the work in our in our local community too. Thanks for having me. No worries, Claire. See ya. Bye. I hope you loved listening to this episode as much as I loved recording it. If you want to find out more about what I do, you can head to my website, www.annacusack.com.au. Find my book, Mama, You're Not Broken, Unmasking the Unspoken Emotions of Modern Motherhood on Amazon. Find me on Facebook at Anna Cusack, Complete Mama Support, or follow me on Instagram at Anna Cusack Postpartum. Please remember to hit subscribe on this podcast and give it a five-star rating if you feel called. See you next time.